The single most important thing I do for y'all all summer is track the preseason games for you. All right, week one of the NFL preseason just wrapped up, and these things matter. These things matter more than you realize. They give us a barometer. They help us calibrate all of the shitty takes we've had up to this point in the summer to understand who the coach sees as the starter right now. So today's video, we're going to go through every single preseason week one game, the biggest takeaways from them, the winners and the losers. All right. And I do this in our draft guy right here. I go through every single game that we have. No, nope, don't look at that one. Every single game that we have. And I do the biggest takeaways, write-ups, winners, losers on a more in-depth level in terms of like the number of snap counts that each player had with the starters. Cause what the preseason really does is it culminates all the work that they've been putting into practice and coaches don't send first team players out there unless they feel like they're going to be the starters for the season. There's no reason you would send a starting quarterback onto the field with second and third string wide receivers. So the guys that typically get the first team snaps, the guys who are typically out there running routes or getting hand uh, handoffs or getting targets from the starters are typically the dudes that the head coach sees as the starters right now. Now, obviously things can change over the course of the month, so we won't overreact to week one, but I think it's really a really good exercise for recalibrating a lot of the ways that we thought about certain players or getting more fucking hyped up about certain players like Michael Wilson. So y'all know what to do. Tuck the shirt in. Flex some traps. Let's see. So we're going to go through every single game and each team in each game. But a lot of the times uh, in week one of preseason, teams don't play any of their starters. Maybe they'll play like one or two starters. A lot of times they don't play their starting quarterback. So a lot of these teams will probably end up skipping through if there's no real takeaways from it. And I'm probably going to do a video like this every single Tuesday. So make sure you are subscribed. So by the time you hit your draft, you know exactly who you should be targeting. First game was Houston at New England. On the Houston side of things, we saw C.J. Stroud play for a couple snaps. He looked terrible. He looked under pressure, but, you know, drink if you've heard that before. Deshaun Watson, his first, like, drive as a quarterback looked miserable. We're not putting any single stock into what C.J. Stroud looked like. Uh, Tank Dell looked awesome. Tank Dell is a rookie wideouts that was like 165 pounds but looked explosive albeit it was with the second third string teams so i'm not really getting overly hyped about it he is a practice player he is a training camp preseason player so we'll see if he gets any actual time with the starters but tank dell nathaniel dell is someone to absolutely keep your eye on because i remember watching him coming into the season and it looks like he's a college player playing around high school kids like his his high school his college tape looked like he was playing with kids in a league underneath him he's so he's such a practice player he's and i mean that in a in a good way it looks like he is just so much more athletic than everybody else on the field so keep an eye on tank dell in New England, the only real thing to take away is that we still have no idea who's going to get carries behind Ramondre Stevenson. They split snaps between Kevin Harris, Pierre Strong, and J.J. Taylor pretty evenly. So unless they go out and sign Zeke or any of those running backs right now, it still feels like it's a Ramondre show. Game two, Minnesota at Seattle. Ty Chandler looked great. Alexander Madison and Kenny Nwangu both did not play. Madison's obviously the starter. I don't think Nwangu is really like the two here. I think he was more of, I still think he's more of like a special teams player. Ty Chandler looked great, and I do think he will end up being the number two here behind Madison. So, you know, we like Dwayne McBride, but I think a lot of the hype needs to cool down now. We're not really seeing him run with any of the starters or him jumping anything on the depth chart for the time being. So, he had a cute little run as like a uh, a late round best ball pick, but I think he needs to be off that radar. As it stands right now, KJ Osborne is actually the number two on the depth chart. Jordan Addison did look pretty good in this one, and it's probably only a matter of time before he actually 
takes that wide receiver two role and sees that. But I do think it's noteworthy because if, I mean, we saw this happen with Justin Jefferson's rookie year, right? He wasn't really like the guy that he, in the summer, he was like the wide receiver three. It took him three, four weeks to really get acclimated and start playing in this offense. And obviously he's another level. He exploded literally on the best start to any wide receiver career of all time. But I think it's noteworthy because Jordan Addison missing or being the wide receiver three for like any portion of the season, I think will end up obviously hurting his overall statistics for the year. It shouldn't last long, but something to keep an eye on if they really trust KJ Osborne. He's had like kind of an underrated career up to this point. He's not as talented as Addison, obviously, and you don't take a player in the first round unless you plan to use him at a very high capacity. But again, something to keep an eye on. Seattle, they sat pretty much everybody uh, that were starters. Kenneth Walker was hurt for this for this one. We did get to see some Zach Sharp in the action, which was uh, pretty cool. He looked pretty good, caught a few passes, ran the ball pretty well. We saw JSN out there, and Lockett and Metcalf didn't play, but you could just feel the energy when you were watching JSN play. It felt like he was open over the middle on every single play, and it was like just felt like he was moving better than everybody out there on the field, and it feels like something we should absolutely get used to. So I'm just very much in on the Seattle offense. I like Geno where he, get, uh, where he gets drafted because every weapon on that team is so fucking good. Like what more can you ask for from a fantasy quarterback, especially one who's like relatively mobile? So JSN still not like – He's going in like the fifth and sixth round of best ball drafts. It's way too rich for me at this point. But I like Lockett. I like Metcalf. I like JSN. I like the Seattle offense. One of my biggest takeaways, though, if we want to talk about offenses I really like, Green Bay at Cincinnati. I saw enough from Green Bay to know that we need to start taking this offense more seriously in fantasy. Jordan Love looked cool. He looked calm. He looked ready. He looked collected. He looked like he was. he's going to lead this offense pretty well this year. Of the 12 snaps that Jordan Love played as the starter, Christian Watson, Romeo Dobbs, and Luke Musgrave virtually played all of them. Luke Musgrave would have had a bigger game. He got overthrown on a couple of them. Uh, Love took a beautiful deep shot down to Christian Watson. It was broken up with, but it gives you that feeling of like what's more to come when the regular season hit. Aaron Jones played one snap, got a 12-yard like dump-off route. I think Aaron Jones is ready to eat this year as well. I think he's one of the more underrated fantasy backs uh, for like the 17th consecutive year. Jaden Reed seems to have won the slot wide receiver job, so... I'm uh, Romeo Dobbs. I'm in. I like everybody in this offense right now. It's not like I'm trying to stack everybody, but I think everyone in this offense is a major value. Like you can get Watson middle end of fourth. You can get Romeo Dobbs in like the 12th, 13th round. Luke Musgrave is like the tight end 25 off the board. Uh, Aaron Jones is going at the fourth five turn, which I will take every single time. Love Green Bay, uh, Cincinnati. No starters played there, so we don't really have a takeaway. Giants also no starters, but they played. At Detroit. Now, Detroit, this was a fun game to watch because we got to see both Jameer Gibbs and Jamison Williams play. And a lot of people were making a commotion about Jamison Williams playing into like the third quarter deep into the game. They literally came out before the game and said that he's going to play deep into the game because he's obviously suspended for the first six weeks of the season. So we're going to let him get as much time during the preseason as we possibly can. So I'm not worried about that whatsoever. Jameer Gibbs. So Jameer Gibbs played. They did not have Jared Goff. They didn't have Almond Ra. They didn't have their starters going. So he played behind Nate Sudfeld. He looked good, though. He caught a bunch of passes. He ran the ball pretty well. But for Gibbs, like talent was never, and it's not like he showed anything otherworldly. He showed well. He showed like what he is. Talent was never the issue for Jameer Gibbs. No one was ever questioning Jameer Gibbs' talent. I still just question his role. David Montgomery did not play in this one. So what happens when they're on the goal line? What happens when it's early down? Does Jameer Gibbs get all that work? Probably not. So nothing changes here as it relates to Jameer Gibbs. People just wanted to see, people are literally moving up rankings just because they physically saw him on a football field, which is just insane behavior. Sam Laporta uh, is a guy who played on all three drives with Jameer Gibbs and the starters under Nate Sudfeld. So it seems like he is for sure the starting tight end right there. 
Moreover, Atlanta at Miami, uh, the Falcons rested all of their starters because the Super Bowl runs through us, and that's a lot of running for us to do right now. So why run our guys during the preseason? Dolphins, they they sat their top dogs in, in their backfield, which is one of the biggest question marks this year because we expect Miami to be a good offense, and we expect a lot of fantasy points coming from the backfield. However, Jeff Wilson, who got hurt at practice last week, and Raheem Mostert both did not suit up. So we had Miles Gaskin, Salvin Ahmed, and Devon A-Chain. Now, Mike White was a starting quarterback in this one, and Miles Gaskin and Salvin Ahmed played with Mike White. Devon A-Chain was actually, technically speaking, because the first two guys didn't play, and then you had the other two guys playing with the starters, he was fifth on the depth chart right now. He didn't get onto the field until the second quarter when the backups, two of the backups were in. He played deep into the game, but he looked good on the ground. He looked good in the passing game. And there's a chance that, like, next week they just, they, he's the starter. You know what I mean? So I'm not diving too much into this, but I think this kind of speaks to more of the overall, like, outlook we should probably expect out there in Miami is that we have no idea what to expect and there's likely going to be a committee and even if at the end of the year we end up with like Miami's total backfield is a top 10 fantasy running back it's going to be a nightmare to actually pick and choose who is the starter there so for right now I love Jeff Wilson where he's going value I think he's the goal line back there I'm not taking anyone relatively early from this backfield. Pittsburgh at Tampa Bay, uh, Kenny Pickett seems to have really taken that second-year jump. He came in for a single drive, went 6 for 70, 70 yards, ripped off a touchdown throw to George Pickens on a beautiful slant across the middle. George Pickens took it like 35% of the way afterwards, so he looked good. Deontay Johnson got targeted three times, separation machine. Interestingly enough, Allen Robinson actually played on nine of the 10 picket snaps as a Deontay Johnson and George Pickens played on eight of the 10. So Al Robinson seems like he's going to be a relatively big time player in this offense. He's probably not going to make any big plays, but will be annoying enough that he kind of holds down George Pickens in my opinion. Now, the biggest takeaway from this game was the split between Najee Harris and Jalen Warren. So of the 10 starter snaps, Jalen Warren played on six of them. Najee Harris played on four of them. Soon as they got into second long, third and long, any passing down situations, it became Jalen Warren time. Even when they converted on a second or third and long on that next first down, it was Jalen Warren. So I've got no question about Najee Harris's early down roll and probably goal line roll in this offense. I'm concerned, man. I, I, I don't think we're factoring in Jalen Warren's impact enough into Najee Harris's ceiling. I'm not taking him in the third round. There's no fucking chance I'm doing it. I think there's a chance he is strictly a two down player here. We had Tampa Bay. Same game. Baker Mayfield got the first drive, had a beautiful touchdown drive. Kyle Trask came in the next drive, threw an interception. I think this competition is probably going to be over before we know it. By mid-end of August, it will be Baker time. I'm, I'm weirdly excited to see what he can do in Tampa Bay, man. Washington and Cleveland. So we got to see Sam Howell play in, in three full drives. We love, we love when coaches play their starters for a long time. We love football, we love fantasy football, and we love when the starters are in there playing football. Sam Howell was that. He put his mobility on full displays. His throws eh, were a bit erratic at times. Uh, luckily for him, his wide receivers are fucking fantastic. Jahan Dotson made like a circus catch to pull in a 20, 22-yard uh, touchdown catch. Like Jahan Dotson a lot where he's going. Like Terry McLaurin. Sam Howell is one of my favorite like QB3 targets in Superflex. He's like the wide receiver 27 right now off draft boards. Brian Robinson got the start in this one, got the whole first drive, but ended up splitting time with Gibson overall. While the starters were in, Gibson ended up playing on the next drive both of them saw work on the ground both of them saw work through the air it is at least interesting to me that their rotation was not based on role it was not like 
B-Rob came off the field on third downs. B-Rob came off the field in passing situations. It was more drive by drive for the most part, which for me feels like there's upside to be had for Brian Robinson, who I think is the better back here. Cleveland, with no Amari Cooper here, their game plan was very clear to get the ball early and often into the hands of Elijah Moore. He was catching passes. They gave him an end around for like 18 yards. He did end up leaving the game with a rib injury. X-rays came back negative, but Deshaun Watson looked really good. He was running the ball uh, a ton. The deeper we get into the summer, the more I hear about Watson, the more I am really comfortable with him as my quarterback one. I'm looking to stack him with Elijah Moore, Amari Cooper, as often as I can. Denver, Denver, Denver at Arizona. Biggest takeaways for Denver. Russell Wilson played four drives in this one. Four drives. That's a lot of snaps for the starters. In preseason, Sean Payton's like, I don't know what the fuck I'm dealing with, so let me figure it out. Let me put him on there. Marvin Mims didn't take a single snap with the starters. Weirdly enough, Marquez Calloway is the wide receiver three in this offense as it stands right now. Jerry Judy scored the touchdown, but Cortland Sutton out-targeted Jerry Judy. Cortland Sutton was typically the first read wide receiver in this offense. I think there is a chance that Cortland Sutton returns better value at his ADP than Jerry Judy does. Jerry Judy, fourth-round pick right now, probably going to be higher now that he scored the touchdown. Cortland Sutton is being targeted a lot. Um, I really like Cortland Sutton going off now as the 10th, 11th round pick that he is in best ball. A couple other takeaways. Greg Dolchich, uh, we've been pretty obviously fading Greg Dolchich all summer. And we had a lot of questions about why, and this was why, because I was nervous when Sean Payton came over. The first thing that he did was sign Adam Troutman over from the Saints, and guess what happened? Adam Troutman was the starter. Adam Troutman was the guy who was playing more snaps than Greg Dolchich in this one. Adam Troutman played on every 11 personnel, first and second down snap, and he didn't even come out of the game until he got banged up. So Dolchich at his like tight end, 12, 13, 14, ADP, completely off my board. The other takeaway, Samaji Piran played every single snap with the starters. Javante Williams obviously not playing in this one, but it's very clear that Piran is going to have a role and a very large one if Javante misses time. So, you know, Javante apparently 100% healthy. We'll see about that. Arizona with Hollywood out, Michael Wilson and Zach Pascal ran every single two wide receiver set, and Rondell Moore was strictly a slot wide receiver guy. It's Michael Wilson, bro. It is Michael Wilson fucking season. He is him. He is incredible. He is going to be a breakout rookie this year. I've never felt more confident in him. There's no reason why Rondell Moore should be going higher than Michael Wilson straight up. He's like 50 picks higher in ADP. Michael Wilson, without a doubt, will be the better fantasy player by the end of the year. Indy Buffalo. All right, we got our first taste of Anthony Richardson. It was exactly as Anthony Richardson is advertised. Made some terrible plays, made some... Great plays. Um, there was a ball to Alec Pierce down the field that should have been caught for a touchdown. I think the biggest takeaway for me was where I feel like the targets are probably going to come for Michael Pittman and Alec Pierce. Michael Pittman feels like he's just going to swallow up a ton of short, non-valuable targets again, and he's probably moving down my board, man. At USC, he was such a monster down the field, and they let him use his body, and they let him get open down there. It just doesn't feel like they're comfortable using him in that role as a wide receiver one outside of just getting a lot of targets, but not meaningful targets where Alec Pierce, I feel like is the downfield playmaker like Devonte Parker, Mike Williams, George Pickens type player. Um, so I'm kind of raising on him a little bit as we get deeper into the process with Jonathan Taylor out. He's expected to report back to camp soon. We didn't have a split between, or we had a clear split between Evan Hull and Deion Jackson as the handcuff, like 15 to 14. So we are kind of just waiting to see what happens with JT at this point in Buffalo. Not much to see here because Josh Allen did not play. Kyle Allen had six snaps as the starter. Dalton Kincaid played all six of them. James Cook played all six of them as well. Got into the end zone. I know the haters love to see that. They also took over the ball after the Anthony Richardson interception at like the fucking 18-yard line. So it was a very easy field position spot to score in. 
Um, so again, I'm not reading too much into that. Tennessee at Chicago. Biggest takeaway is Tajay Spears is literally infinitely better than Hassan Haskins. The other takeaway is one that we already knew. It doesn't matter because Derrick Henry is the running back in Tennessee. Chicago, Chicago, Chicago. My God, did they open up strong. Uh, DJ Moore, Justin Fields, Khalil Herbert, all dudes we've been high on all offseason. Just Field played seven snaps. Went three for three, 129 yards and two touchdowns. Negative eight air yards, uh, I think. I, I, I think that's correct. I don't know if that was actually a joke tweet, but I'm pretty sure it's real. DJ Moore took a screen pass 62 yards to the house. Khalil Herbert took a 56-yard dump off to the house. A lot of exciting shit. Justin Fields didn't really do anything for those passes, but it happened. I don't care about preseason. I don't care about production. I don't care about stats. What I do care about is something that, like, Khalil Herbert played on all seven of Justin Fields' snaps. The seven snaps that Justin Fields took, the first team, the starter snaps, Khalil Herbert was on the field for every single one of them. He is the clear starter. Deontay Foreman was the second guy in. Roshan Johnson, who everyone's hard about, even though he was the third string against backups and third and fourth stringers, played very well. Albeit, I still don't think he's going to be that impactful in this offense, despite how people uh, like to use stats in the preseason incorrectly. So we love Justin Fields still. We love DJ Moore still. And we love Khalil Herbert here. Nothing has changed. Move along to the Jets. Zach Wilson plays instead of Aaron Rodgers. Uh, Garrett Wilson didn't play in this one, but the wide receiver is kind of interestingly to note. Corey Davis played on 17 of 18 Zach Wilson snaps. Alan Lazard played on 15. Miko Hardman played on 12 of them. Which means Corey Davis is looking like the wide receiver too, above Lazard and above Hardman, where Alan Lazard is like a 10th fucking round pick in best ball right now. Corey Davis is, I'm pretty sure, just undrafted. So we should probably swap those two. This is what's important, especially if you do drafts and you play best ball at this point in the year. These things matter. Going Alan Lazard in the 10th round and Corey Davis going undrafted can be the difference in a lot of different situations. Can be the difference for a lot of lineups and a lot of teams. You might not think about it, but I promise it does matter. In the backfield, uh, Michael Carter and Zonovan Knight split snaps 10 to 8 with the starters. Then Izzy Abanacanda came in and absolutely tore that motherfucker up. I think it probably earned him more playing time, but again, it was against a third and fourth stringer, so we'll see if that moves him up the depth chart or gets him more time with the starters in the next preseason game. Carolina, we got to see a little Bryce Young action out there. Nothing really notable to take away. The only thing I would say is he played on 11 snaps, and in those 11 snaps, we did not get a clear picture of who the wide receivers that are going to be out there mostly with him because we had six different wide receivers out there, Thielen, Chark, Mingo, Chenault, Terrace Marshall, Shai Smith, all out there with Bryce Young. I still like DJ Chark as the guy to probably be the best fantasy asset at the wide receiver position in Carolina. Hayden Hurst also played all 11 snaps with Bryce Young and led the team with seven routes run so something to keep an eye on now if you want all these stats if you want the in-depth write-ups and the takeaways i will be doing this for every single week of the preseason after week two games after week three games after week four games it's available in one spot and one spot only in our draft guide in the 2023 bdg draft guide you can cop it in one of two places either at full price bdge.shop bdge.shop or by going to underdogfantasy.com or downloading the app the link is right in the description and you use promo code bdge when you do so so go underdogfantasy.com deposit ten dollars or more code bdge they're not only going to double the money that you put down on their platform so that you can draft with us but they're going to email you out our draft guide absolutely free now it has all the write-ups for the preseason recaps and Games that happen throughout August, but it's got our rankings, one quarterback and super flex positional rankings, our must draft players. All this stuff is updated throughout the entire summer, so you'll be ready to go by the time your draft hits. All right, download the Underdog Fantasy app, use promo code BDGE, and you'll be golden. And on that note, 
uh, Underdog is actually about to launch a BDG tournament on their app, which is fucking super dope. And I believe right now it's not live. It will be either the end of this week or next week. We'll keep you posted throughout the rest of the YouTube videos this week. If you join, you will be getting a little bow tie Avi on your dog. They very rarely give those out. They, they gave Jack's audience one, the headband, if you've ever seen that on the dogs. And I believe will be the second one that they've ever given out. They're giving us a bow tie for people that join. Now, the other awesome part about that is we are starting a dynasty league from scratch. Brand spanking new dynasty league with the people in the office. So all the BDG employees, all the people that work for us and work inside the office with us are going to be in the dynasty league. And we are giving away one spot to the people that join the BDG underdog draft and get that bow tie. All right. So double the reason to join. Actually triple. You get the deposit match. You get to be in our fucking tournament. You get the bow tie. You get a chance of being in our dynasty league and you get the draft guy for free. Underdog fantasy promo code BDG. Jacksonville at Dallas. Man, I love everything about this Jacksonville passing offense. Uh, Trevor Lawrence played on 13 snaps, which oddly enough made Christian Kirk a part-time player because he only played on three wide receiver sets in the slot. They had Zay Jones and Calvin Ridley on the outside playing every single snap. Uh, Calvin Ridley looked great. Christian Kirk scored a touchdown. Zay Jones caught the two-point conversion. I just want a lot of this offense. I just want the passing offense. The backfield I'm completely off of. Pretty much, uh, Travis Etienne played on 10 of the 13 snaps, but Tank Bigsby got a little bit of run in there. And I'm hearing rumblings around camp, serious rumblings that Jamichael Hasty is going to be the pass catching back there. I don't know who's going to be the goal line back there. I like Etienne. He's explosive, and he brings a cool added benefit to this offense for a real NFL team. I am just not on him as a third, fourth round fantasy pick at the moment. So I would stay clear. Dallas, there's one and only takeaway from this fucking game, and it is Jake Ferguson is the GOAT. Jake Ferguson is the guy that we've been trying to pinpoint down. Who is the right late round tight end fantasy player this year? It's Jake Ferguson. I cannot stop drafting this man on underdog fantasy. I don't care if it's the 12th round, the 13th round, the 14th round. Jake Ferguson every damn time. Jake Ferguson, the tight end for the Dallas Cowboys, is the late round fantasy tight end to target. Philly at Baltimore. Uh, they didn't play any of their veterans realistically in this one, or at least the ones that are homegrown Philly guys. Kenneth Gainwell did not play, and everyone's making a big deal out of that. But Jimmy Kemsky, who is like the most trusted beat reporter out of there, said don't make a big deal out of it. DeAndre Swift and Rashad Penny are newcomers to the team. That's why they're playing, and that's why Kenneth Gainwell and Boston Scott are not playing. Uh, the Ravens did not have any real starters playing, but Josh Johnson was their starting quarterback. And it's interesting to note that Justice Hill played 100% of these snaps with Josh Johnson, and Gus Edwards was the next running back on the field but jk dobbins is supposed to hit the field very very soon if not already chargers rams the la battle we have quentin johnson dropping a ton of balls that is a little bit worrisome we'll see if he can develop into someone who stops dropping balls joshua kelly is the chargers running back two for the moment he did split some snaps with isaiah spiller who had a big long breakaway run called back but it feels like it's probably josh kelly's job behind austin eckler as the two right now Los Angeles Rams, we don't have a lot of takeaways here because they didn't play their starters either. Tutu Atwell sat in this one, which makes him kind of in line to be the wide receiver three, even though I think Puka Nakua emerges and takes that role behind Cooper Cup and Van Jefferson. Kansas City at New Orleans. Kadarius Tony sidelined. It was MVS, Sky Moore, and Justin Watson as the starters. Justin Ross and Richie James were probably the most impressive players on the field, but again, they were playing against second and third string guys, so we'll see if that ends up leading to any extra playing time with the starters uh, for Justin Ross and Richie James. I'm starting to get a weird feeling that Richie James might be the best wide receiver in this receiving core. New Orleans Saints, Derek Carr looked lethal 
in the drive that he had that he started off for the Saints. He played 12 snaps. Chris Olave and Michael Thomas ran a route on 100% of the dropbacks. Seeing Michael Thomas back on the field was like half the battle. Can he play a game? Can he fucking run a route? Can he play a full drive? He did it. He's not the elite talent that he once was, but I'm okay drafting him as a wide receiver too in a pretty good offense. So ninth, 10th round, I'm okay with it. The bigger story here is Alvin Kamara. And Kendra Miller. Kendra Miller left the game with a knee sprain. It was the same knee, apparently, that he was dealing with the issues with throughout all camp. I'm completely off Kendra Miller now. Uh, Dynasty, fine. Love him still. Still a talented guy. Redraft this year, we're out on him, okay? He is going to be hurt for a while. Slow start. Alan Kamara is going to be back by the time he gets back. We're, we're done. BDG audience, if there's fucking anything you take away from this besides Jake Ferguson and Michael Wilson are the GOATs, we're staying away from Kendra Miller. Alan Kamara started. Played 10 of 12 snaps with the starters, saw three carries, got multiple targets, looked great, looked flashy. Once he gets back from his three-game suspension, he's going to be a major factor again in this offense. His eighth, ninth-round ADP for best ball has been insane all summer, and I've been saying that to you guys all summer, so I hope you guys snagged a bunch of Kamara shares because that shit is not lasting anymore. Lastly, we've got San Fran at Las Vegas, um, last game of the slate. So if you've enjoyed so far, again, make sure you subscribe because we are doing this every single week. Make sure you hit the thumbs up button if you're enjoying the video. So I know that you're enjoying and you want me to do this every single week. Trey Lance got the start. He was, it just wasn't good. It wasn't good. It wasn't even borderline good. It wasn't even bad. It was fucking brutal. But he was he lived under pressure. So I, you know what? I'm not really I'm not going to blame him. He also had no starters around him. So it is what it is. Las Vegas. Biggest takeaway. One, Aiden O'Connell. Dude's a baller. If he's available in your Superflex Dynasty Leagues on the waivers right now, crash the fucking waiver boards, all right? Crash the goddamn waiver boards like you're Blake Griffin. And then behind Josh Jacobs, who obviously didn't play, and we don't know when he's going to return to camp, uh, Zamir White was the starter and ran really, really well. The offensive line holes that they opened up, like any running back would have been successful in this game, but Zamir White is the clear guy here if Josh Jacobs ends up sitting, time, uh, sitting out or missing time or whatever. So he is a he's a great Late round handcuff uh, with heavy upside if Jacobs continues to hold out. Whew, that felt like midseason form right there, doing recaps on the games. Goddamn, goddamn. All right, well, that's all I got for you today. Make sure if you want to do anything for us, if there's one way you can support the brand is by going to underdogfantasy.com or just downloading the link right below. It'll take you directly to the App Store. Deposit $10 or more on your account with code BDGE. They're going to double whatever you put down on there. And that's going to get you multiple things. It's going to get you enough money to play in our BDG Superflex Tournament League, first of all, which will get you the bow tie on your Abbey, and that's sexy as hell. That'll also enter you into the raffle to get into our Dynasty League, get our draft guide absolutely free, and they're doubling the money that you put on the platform. I love you. I'm out of here. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.